Hello and welcome to RTE Radio 1's The Rolling Wave podcast with me, Aoife Nick In this episode, my guest is concertina player Caroline Keane, who released her solo album Shine last year. But here she's talking about one of her favourite albums. Released in 2003, it's called The Pipes Are Calling and it features the piping of Noel and Peter Carberry, accompanied on some of the tracks by Johnny Duffy and Paul Gurney. And to start, here's a tune from it. This is Boil the Breakfast Early. there from an album called The Pipes Are Calling which was released in 2003 and features the playing of father and son Peter and Noel Carberry on the pipes. And this album was chosen for us tonight by my guest Caroline Keane, a concertina player who's just released her own solo album Shine just a a few months ago. Caroline, we've loads to talk to you about in terms of your own music and this album and these musicians but maybe let's start with when you were first introduced to this record. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this album. I'll tell you where I got this. My granny was from Longford um, and we ended up moving to Limerick when I was very, very small. So um, I got this as a present from my granny. She bought it, I think, her cousin. She sourced it through her cousin who bought it in um, O'Brien's in Lanesborough for me and uh, it got passed all the way down to Limerick. So um, yeah, she gave it to me and I listened to it for years and years and years. In fact, I think I only had one album at that time. I think she might have bought the CD player for me as well. (laughs) But your granny, she must have, well, she was clearly interested in music and knowledgeable as well. She knew that this was a good one to give you. Yeah, absolutely. I think she grew up in a house uh, filled with music. My granny didn't play, but she sang a lot um, and she had a great grow for it. Um, she got this, she heard that a new album of Ilham Piping came out and um, she kind of made it her business to get it. I suppose there was um, a connection with home there as well. Uh, we were nearly immigrants into Limerick at the time and uh, anything to remind you of home. So she got this and uh, I could listen to it and it it paid off. Um, I learned an awful lot from it. But but you weren't you weren't playing pipes at this point, were you? No, I wasn't, and I'm still not playing the pipes. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it was it was my first album of traditional music, really, that I I properly engaged with. Um, and I don't know what it was. I just I was fascinated by, I suppose, the sound of them. But um, I loved the music. I felt I felt the honor that they had and the regard that they had for the tunes and it was just it was really, really good music. There was a lot of life to there is a lot of life to all the tracks, all the music. It's it's straight but it's um it's got a lot of heart and soul um in every track. So it had a huge, huge impact on me, not only um musically, but I suppose in terms of my approach to the music and how I engage with it. Tell me a little bit about Peter and Noel Carberry, two musicians from Longford. And let's start first with the most senior of the two, Peter Carberry. 
Yeah, so Peter Carberry, he was born in 1924 um, and he came across music um, at home. Uh, they were all into music, um, his family played and his uncle was a step dancer. Um, I think they called him the stepper Carberry. Um, so he had it, he was kind of surrounded by that um, a lot of the time. And then he got his first whistle out when he was out on the Wren. Um, a woman called Mrs. Regan gave him this whistle and he had, he had a tune learnt on it by the time he got home. Um, um, and then when he was, I, I don't know what age he was, but at the at the opening of the uh, GAA Park, Pierce, Pierce Park in Longford, he saw the great Johnny Doran um, playing, and he kind of he saw he saw him in his blue suit, and he thought, wow, and he heard the tone of the pipes, and he was kind of flabbergasted by the whole thing. Um, but he didn't have the money to get himself a set of pipes. But his um his brother Kevin was a great banjo player, and he used to be employed as a duet with another piper, Jimmy Dolan, and they'd go around the house dances. And um, I suppose uh, Peter would be brought along and he'd, uh, when Jimmy would le- leave down the set of pipes to go for a dance, um, Peter would pick them up and he'd he'd have a go at them and he'd play a tune. And um, he eventually got his own set from Jim McCrone um, when his father gave him a present of a heifer and he sold the heifer and he put most of the money towards um, the set of new pipes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how he came into it. He eventually got um, friendly with Leah Rosam and he got a Leah Rosam set of pipes. And he, he, he was quite an active member then, wasn't he, later on in Nepebriel? And I think he was at the very first meeting of Nepebriel and, um, and and then he stayed active throughout his life. So piping was a very sort of a central part of his of his life from then on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the first meeting and he stayed um, a member of that. He um it, then when his son Noel started playing, um, he sent him to kind of pipes classes with all the people that he he was interacting with in the in the pipers club. Um, Noel got his got his first tin whistle um, when he was quite young and obviously was surrounded by music all the time. And then um, when he was about 14, he got gifted a set of pipes, um, a practice set from his dad. And he was sent off to Willie Clancy Week and he was uh, taught by Nolly uh, McCarthy. Um, so he, he kind of he had that influence the whole time. He was interacting with Pipers the whole time and he was kind of spurred on then by Nullig. And I suppose when you're a young lad and you're at Willie Clancy week, you're looking at everyone else playing music and the same as we all were. Uh, you're looking at everyone else playing music and they're looking at you and it's this great sport and excitement in that. It's great encouragement. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm always kind of interested in the relationship between parents and children and how music is passed on, because it's not always passed on in the most direct way of, you know, sitting down at a table and teaching them tunes. Sometimes it's just having it in the air somehow manages to sort of get it filtered down. And uh, Absolutely. so um, Peter, Peter Carberry, uh, the father, died in 2016. But did you, were you ever fortunate enough to meet either Peter or, or Noel? I never got to meet Peter, but um, I met Noel many times. Um, I remember one particular time we ended up in Ballymahan uh, playing a rake of tunes. Um, and we had a great time all together. Um, another, another couple of times I can think of as well. But yeah, great, great tunes and lovely, lovely man. So yeah, I've been very fortunate. 
Um, I, I asked you already and you weren't playing the pipes, but the pipes and the concertina are, you know, closely related in, in many ways. The, the musician uh, making the harmony and the con- counterpoint through the drones and the pipes. And um, so would you have would you have picked out things like that from this record and brought them into your own playing or or were you were you kind of um, were you learning it like that or were you just learning the tunes from it or, or what, what were you doing when you were young? It's a good question, actually. I think it, kind of like you said earlier about um, picking things up through osmosis, I think an awful lot of my music uh, at all the different stages, a lot of it came from osmosis. I was influenced by the people I was sitting beside um, and the things I was hearing. And a lot of the time I wouldn't be totally, totally conscious of it. Um, what I did, what I in retrospect now I'm listening to that album, I can hear that I have a lot of the same kind of I'd have taken a lot of the ornamentation from it I'd obviously a lot of the my left hand on my concertina you're not playing harmony on a concertina but you're playing kind of like the the regs of a pipe so you're playing um notes every now and then um a little chord here and there and it gives a a bit of rhythmic kind of accompaniment to your tune so I I do that an awful lot um and I eventually ended up with a piper so <laughs> It, it stayed quite close to home, but yeah, at, at, at the time, I, I, I think I had I had the CD player in front of me and I was sat on the ground and I actually listening back to the album is a lovely reflection because you come across all these memories. I remember sitting on the ground in my bedroom and I had this or a red kind of copy book and I didn't know how to write music notation or I didn't I didn't know how to group notes or anything so I was just like a child handwriting you'd start and it'd go d-e-g-a-b-g-a-g-a-g-a and I just keep writing until I got to the end of the page and had to go to the next line you know and, and looking back it's kind of in my mind's eye it's a very funny way to write music and then I'd come across something and I'd, I'd go the second time and there'd be a variation I'd say oh god it's not a g it's a b but that all that that makes you uh, you know that improves your ear and that means that when I was able to go to Willie Clancy I, I could learn tunes by ear you know I could just pick things up so and just before we have another track from this record now but just before we hear it that thing of learning music were you did you um well I mean was there music in your house when you were little or were you just going to, to classes or how did it come into your life a bit of both actually I think there was always a huge respect for music in our household. Um, my the way I came across concertina first was my mum bought it before I was born with the intention of learning it herself. Um, and then when I came to about seven, she never got around to it. When I came to about seven, um, she handed it to me this big box and she said, "Off you go now, try that for a while." Um, she was great for letting me let me try out different things. Um, so yeah, so that's how I came across the lesson side of it, and I continued going to cultist lessons then out in Navy Hill in Manister in Limerick um, but there was always this respect I suppose that that's, that osmosis thing comes into it again there was always a respect for music at home and I only kind of noticed it in re- retrospect they were always talking about different musicians they were always listening to the radio Cayley House was always on my granny was always singing like there was that natural kind of um, musical home was there, even though we wouldn't have been playing the Wind the Shakes the Barley 24-7, you know. This next track you've chosen from this album, The Pipes Are Calling, by Peter and Noel Carberry, two quite well-known tunes, I suppose, The King of the Pipers and The Humours of Bally Lachlan. Tell me a little about these ones. I chose these ones because... Um, the one of the things I really enjoy about the album is the selection of tunes um, on the album. There are a lot of kind of those 
those pipery, pipery tunes, um, those kind of gritty D mix tunes. It's basically the D scale without the C sharp. Um, and they're, they've just got a, a kind of a drive to them. Um, their tonality, it suits the pipes. There's a ring off the pipes um, and it's it's just a full, full, full sound. And that kind of, it takes you away with it. And I still play an awful lot of tunes in D mix, of course, with, with Tom playing pipes beside me you know I, I have no choice but I love them I really really love them so yeah these are some of those King of the Pipers and the Humours of Bally Lachlan from the album The Pipes Are Calling by Peter and Noel Carberry and chosen for us tonight by concertina player Caroline Keane. Caroline Duet playing is obviously a feature of traditional music. Lots of albums feature uh, fiddle and flute and other combinations but the, the combination of the same instrument, the two pipes, it's not as common. You don't hear it, even though it has been done of course, but you don't hear it that often on albums do you? You don't, unfortunately. I absolutely love it. Um, the, that's a duet of any two of the same instrument I think it, it's a wall of sound and it blows me away um I love I love to to fiddles to sets of pipes I think it's the way I suppose when you when you play with somebody for a long time as well you develop this gorgeous natural rhythm of playing with them and when that's two of the same instrument there's this lovely sense of they're they're the one so the, it's like the music has its own personality the the music getting very airy fairy now but the music are two old friends and they're just catching up and they're heading off together and sometimes they'll they'll, it's like a dna strand you know sometimes they'll cross over and it'll be almost totally in sync and then other times they'll deviate and come back together and i think that's so so lovely it's like um it's like that irish sense of you know banter you're slagging each other back and forth and I feel like that when you're listening to any two of um two instruments I love playing with another concertina player um as well one of my favorite sessions that I can remember um was for some reason I was put playing um a a concert with a great friend of ours Paddy Egan who plays concertina and I remember it was just like the instruments were making fun of each other. Like he'd do something and I'd do something and we were bouncing back and forth. And then he'd do something and I'd kind of go back on it. And then he'd kind of giggle and say, that didn't work out for you, did it? You know, it's it's just this fun kind of um, intertwining of the two. And it, it's something I really, really enjoy. Caroline, when I asked you for the reasons you'd chosen this album, uh, especially to talk about tonight, you, you spoke about place. and uh, But you also had a phrase that I thought was very interesting. You talked about a functional music. What do you mean by that? I suppose there, it, our, our musical world has opened up an awful lot in the last 30 or 40 years, more than that, I suppose, 50. Um, and... Th- you know, there are lots of different um, ways people come into the musical world. Um, you might have seen nowadays, you might have seen river dance, you might have seen a step dance, you might have seen something. Um, you might have seen somebody on stage that you thought was incredible and you thought, oh, geez, a little kid thinking, I want to do that. That's so cool. Like Peter Carberry with um, 
uh, Johnny Dorn. So um, I think that's there's a real sense in the music from listening to the music and in reading the CD notes, there's a real sense that that music that they're playing is connected to something that they've seen done um, and that their their uncle was a dancer their you know their cousins were all into music and everything like that so I think the the connection between the music and the dance is so so clear here from the rhythm that they're playing and from the reference in the CD notes to um to how important they are and how intertwined they are and I think that comes across the the music that they're playing is that showy it's it's fantastic. It's not stuffy kind of pure drop stuff either. It's just fantastic, um, natural music for the purposes of listening or dancing. You know, it's it's to be enjoyed. Well, music that has a role in, in their lives, a very a very practical role. Yeah. Yes. Um, Caroline, before I let you go, when the lockdown hit um, initially back in March or April, a lot of musicians had CDs ready to release and they held off um, hoping for the return of live gigs and tours. But you went ahead and you released your album Shine right bang in the middle of everything. (laughs) Why did you decide to go for it? I went for it because I had that in the pipeline for as long as I remember. It was kind of it was a, a personal kind of I, I really really wanted to do it um and I had been there were li- people that couldn't make it at certain points and everyone was busy I have some amazing mu- amazing musicians joining me on it and I was kind of waiting around and waiting around and then it got done and the lockdown hit it was originally supposed to be released in March and the lockdown hit and I said well to hell with this I'm going for it um and I I think everyone needed a little bit of a little bit of sunshine at some point so I was just so so happy that I could put it out I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna hold on to it when I was I was really proud of it as well so um and people have gotten back to me as well and said thank you we really needed some new music the people are at home that usually go out to sessions you know functional music it's you know it's their life going out and playing tunes every night of the week and a lot of people have gotten back and said thanks so much uh, the day the album arrived in the post I was doing such a thing and it really really brightened up my day so that's a lovely lovely thing to hear that's that's what you want all right and uh, you got nice recognition then at the the folk awards the the radio one folk awards yeah, that you were nominated for in the best instrumentalist category so congratulations on that Thank you so much. Yeah, I was absolutely delighted. <laughs> well, as you say, a lift is always good these days anyway. Um, well, look, Caroline Keane, thanks a million for coming in uh, to talk to us on the programme tonight and for highlighting this lovely, this this beautiful record. I hope people might be tempted to go and look for it again. Now, you've chosen a third track for us. It's a mix of old and new tunes, which I know appeals to you. Tell me about these tunes. I have. Um, the track I've chosen there is The Rossley Whistler and The Shoemaker's Daughter and they're both uh, Reavy tunes um, and that's something I really, really enjoy about this album and it's what I endeavour to do when I'm putting together a concert or um, an album of my own. I, I think it's really important to engage with your tradition um, and as, as much as we're passing on the music, I think it's lovely to be able to contribute something and to acknowledge others who are contributing. Um, so when this album was released, um, these were quite quite new tunes to the tradition um so i think it's it's really really lovely they're great great tunes and it's lovely to hear them on the pipes
The Rosley Whistler, played by Noel and Peter Carberry and chosen by concertina player Caroline Keane as one of her all-time favourite albums. Thanks for listening to the Rolling Wave podcast. For rights reasons, the music here is shorter than in the original broadcasts. So if you'd like to hear the full versions of the tunes, you can go to rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash the rolling wave. And this programme was first broadcast on the 6th of December 2020. Good evening, Hedorella, Guramina Magi, Agaslan.